You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. The book of Esther, chapter number four. It's been a blessing to be here, and I thank the Lord for seeing some familiar faces. I'm glad you're still in church. A lot of people's quit and turned back, but I don't believe we need less of it. I believe we need more of it. I'm glad we're going to a country where COVID-19 is not in the vocabulary. And it'll be good to see our churches filled again. And I believe the Lord can not only... uh, bring us back to where we were but I believe he can take us even beyond there's no boundaries or limits to what God can do he does exceeding abundant above all that we ask or think how many of you think tonight that the Lord forgiving you of all your sins is a big deal. And how many feels like this tonight if God, and I'm not talking about your wife or your husband or your neighbor or your friend, you personally, if God can forgive you of all of your rotten sins, Surely he can take care of anything else that might arise in your life. If God can keep you and I from the flames of hell, surely he can take care of anything else that arises in our life. If God can take people like you and I and take us to heaven someday, glory. Surely God can take care of anything else that the devil throws in our path. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Turn to somebody beside of you and say, "Mm, I feel good. The book of Esther tonight, chapter number four, and I want to read just one verse. But I want to preach tonight from the life of this lady by the name of Esther. The Bible said in chapter number 4 and verse number 14, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether that thou art come into the kingdom for such a time as this? And I want to preach on that subject tonight. For such a time as this. There are some people that have walked through this world 
that have made a contribution that has outlasted the years that they lived upon the earth. Tonight, when we begin to sing, what a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. 1898, Elijah Hoffman, a Presbyterian minister from Pennsylvania, wrote that song. I wonder the night that he wrote that song if he even had a thought that over a hundred years later that saints of God all over the world would sing leaning on the everlasting arms. Of course, that same man also gave us power in the blood down at the cross where my Savior died. A man made a contribution that has lasted longer than his days upon the earth. I believe the lady before us tonight made such a contribution that it has lasted thousands and thousands of years beyond the days of her sojourn. Here is a lady that did not save just an individual. Here is not a lady that just saved a family. Here is a lady that just didn't save a city, a state, or a country. Here is a lady that literally God used her contribution to save the world. You see, that little nation of Israel and by the way, tonight, if you're not pro-Israel, you're not pro-God. Because God said, I'll bless them that bless thee. Any politician wants to put a death warrant on his life, stand against the Jews. Ask Hitler and Mussolini and all of those how it went. And uh, this little nation, the nation of Israel, you ask tonight that we have a Bible because of that nation. Tonight, do you realize our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, physically was brought into this world by the Jewish nation. And tonight in our text, if this wicked king would have had his wicked way, all of the Jews would have been annihilated right here in our text. But here is a woman that makes such a contribution that not only does that nation live to see another day, but the seed of that nation survives. That one day a virgin by the name of Mary may bring forth her firstborn son and wrap him in swaddling clothes and lay him in a manger. And his name is Jesus. I wonder if in our text, Pastor, when she drew the line, when she cast her vote, when she made her choice, when she dived in to make a difference for God, Little did she know that thousands of years later 
in a little town called Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, that a wild preacher from Georgia would stand and make mention of her contribution that not only saved her life, that not only saved a family, that not only saved a city, a state, a nation, but an entire world that embraces Christianity owes a lot of hallelujahs and thank yous and amens to this woman by the name of Esther. Now, when you study her background, she is a lot like me. My background and her background is somewhat a little bit similar. And you say, well, why is that? Well, she would have been the least likely one to ever make a contribution to save one person, much less thousands. I promise you when I lived in this city, if somebody would have told you that's naughty head preacher's kid, that's meaner than a striped snake, and my mama is still finding out things to this day. You just said, no way, no way, no way. Let me tell you adults here tonight, those little children, the pastor's pals, that left here a while ago, you better be good to them because they're going to pick out what nursing home they put you in. One of them little nodheads one day may be your pastor. And he's going to remember all them times you thumped him on his head. I mean, Esther would have been the least likely one to ever been counted as somebody that would make a difference. If she came from a family of royalty, you could understand it. If she would have come from a family of great wealth, you could have understood it. If she would have come from a family of great renown, of soldiers and statesmen and kings and queens, you could have understood it. But she came from a little family that had some unfortunate things happen to them. Her mother and her father were killed in an insurrection. And she found herself a little orphaned girl. And the only body even next to kin was a great uncle by the name of Mordecai. So this orphaned little girl goes to live with her great uncle by the name of Mordecai. And it's hard to believe that such a little girl that thousands and thousands of years after her sojourn, that men and women all over the world would recognize a contribution that she made that has saved multitudes. Can I remind you tonight, don't ever look at somebody and say, why, they're insignificant. Don't ever look at somebody and say, why God could never use them. You know what God's liable to do? Use them anyway. 
and make a liar out of you and me. I remember some of the people that I went to Bible college with. They were smarter. They were more educated. They drove nicer cars. They rode in nicer vehicles. And they, uh, they had a whole lot more money. But through bad choices, they didn't accomplish a whole lot. I'm glad tonight that God looks on it different than you and I. Someone said, oh, so-and-so's loaded with potential. Let me tell you what's, being, what's better than being loaded with potential. Loaded with the anointing of God upon your life. I don't think Esther had any potential. I don't think she had a whole lot of outstanding qualities. The only outstanding quality I know she had, she was willing to give it all and make one choice that today we're still reaping the consequences of. Why that wicked king was so drunken with his lust that he had got his wife to dance naked in front or try to in front of his friends. But that woman would not do it, so he divorced her. Now the king has got to have a new queen. Well, Mordecai hears that the, that the king is in the queen hunting business and he throws his little niece's name into the pot. And through a series of events, this little orphaned Jewish girl poor from a bad situation all of a sudden finds herself the queen of a Gentile king who was the ruler of the known world. Now, I want to say tonight, that's not by accident. And the stars didn't wink at her just right. And the planets didn't line up just right. And she didn't hit the jackpot. No, there was a sovereign God in the glory world. Lord of mercy, arranging circumstances for such a time as this. That wicked king has an advisor, and one day that advisor has an idea. You know, these old Jews are just in the way. These bunch of Semites are in the way. Why don't you sign a decree saying on a certain day at a certain time all of the Jews are going to be annihilated and to satisfy the political pressure that leader was under, he signed that law. He signed that law not even knowing that the queen beside of him would have to die too. But Mordecai heard that little plot and he goes to this queen by the name of Esther and says listen you got to go before him and you've got to somehow change his mind and it don't say this in the Bible but I want to add it who better than a woman whoop, to change a feller's mind and all of God's impact husband said, Amen right there. Boy, he said, honey, go in and change his mind. 
And Esther says to her great uncle Mordecai, don't you understand? I cannot go into his presence uninvited. If I go into his throne uninvited, he can take my life as well. And Mordecai says, honey, you need to think about this. You need to go before him and plead our cause because if you don't, you are going to die and your father's house are going to die and all of the Jews are going to die. And right now, eternity hinges on one little statement found in our text. She looks at Mordecai and says something like this. It's not traditional. It's not politically correct. But I'm going to do it. And if I perish, I perish. She said, but there are some things that I want you to do for me. I believe that will help the cause. She said, number one, I want you to say a prayer. She said, I want you to get all of the Jews to fast. I want you to get all the maidens to fast. And all of my staff will fast. Because, Pastor, she realized the task that lay ahead for her could not be done by any human power or any human intervention. She realized if God was going to turn this thing around, it would have to be God and God alone. God is going to use her commitment. God is going to use her contribution. But she knows that God has got to be on her side or this is never going to work. You say, now, Brother Joe, that's a good history lesson, but what has that got to do with us? I believe there's an old devil out there tonight that wants to destroy this world. In fact, no matter, there are systems in this world loose tonight. If they had their way about it, they would damn every family and every soul and every life and every teenage boy and girl in this nation tonight. But I'm glad there are a group of people that's married to the king, will glory, that's able to do something about it. And it is no accident that in 2020, right in the midst of COVID-19, there is a church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, with some people in it that still believe the Bible with a preacher in it that still believes the Bible and he's hungry for God and he's thirsty for God and he will stand and proclaim the grace and the mercy and the love of God in the midst of a dying world. We're not here tonight by afterthought. We're not here by accident. I believe this makes 26 years for Victory Baptist Church did not we celebrate the 25th last year? The 30th. So now we are 31. It is not an accident that 31 years ago, God put it in somebody's heart. 
It's not an accident that before that, that was a Lakeview Park Baptist Church. And before that, it's not an accident that that was a downtown Avenue Baptist Church anointed with the power of God. We're not here tonight by accident. We just didn't look up and get here tonight. Angels didn't roll no dice and we just looked up and got here. There's a sovereign, holy, providential God that knows the plan of the enemy and he knows the plan of the devil and he's brought you here tonight and he's brought me here tonight for such a time as this and if we're gonna defeat the devil, if we're gonna turn his nasty plans around, if we're gonna save our world for the cause of Christ, we better get a hold of God and let God get a hold of us. It's praying time, it's seeking time, it's going after God time. I want to tell you tonight, I can't heal COVID-19, but God can. I can't put the enemy at bay tonight, but God can. I can't turn Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina around tonight, but God can. I can't save every sinner in this old world, but God can. Tonight, let's knock on his door. Let's beseech his throne. Let's call on his name, and let's just watch what God can do because it is no, my God, I feel like preaching. Because it is no secret what God can do, what he's done for others, he'll do for you. He's still holy. He's still real. He still answers prayer. Can I remind you tonight that God is still on the throne? Well, glory. She said, let's offer a prayer. Number two, I love what she said. She said, let's make a commitment. She said, I know it's not traditional. You know what I love to see churches do? Break out of the box. I took our little church 35 years ago. We had 19 in Sunday school, 35 and a half for preaching. You say, we ain't half. We had this big old fat guy, and we count him once and a half. We had a little old lady that played the piano, and she had a broken arm. And she played like she had a broken arm. We were in the hood, the bad side of town. We were one block from the Atlanta International Airport. So you may remember years ago, some boys were killed in Atlanta. They found a lot of those little boys on the street where our church was. Man, it was a devastating thing. A generation had lived and died and let our community go to hell. And I'll never forget my second Sunday there. I said, I believe the Lord wants us to do such and such. And old Sister Wigglejaw got stirred up. And she got Brother Know-it-all stirred up. And they got brother and sister tell it all and stirred up. And one of them wound up to me one Sunday and said, well, we ain't never done it like that before. And I said, I know, and that's why we've sat here and rotted before. It's time to break out of the box 
and go against the current and go against the grain. And I never, never thought I'd see the day, Pastor, when preaching in the name of Jesus and, and testifying in the name of Jesus and singing in the name of Jesus and praying in the name of Jesus would create such a stir. You say, Brother Joe, that word Jesus makes me nervous, wonderful. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It made me too nervous when I didn't know him and when I was on my way to hell. But when I called on him as my savior and he knocked out the gable into my soul whoo, and saved me from a devil's hell. I love that name. I cherish that name. I want to tell you something. Being an old time Bible thumping, Jesus loving, Holy Ghost filled Christian has never been more politically incorrect than it is tonight. It cuts against the tradition of our nation. But I want to say it's time to stand up and make a commitment, go against the grain and say like Esther, you know what I'm going to do? If I perish, I perish. If it kills me, I just have to die. Ladies and gentlemen, there are some things worth getting in a scrap over. Now, there are some battlefields I will not die on. Whether you use higher oil or hairspray, I ain't a dying on that battlefield. I just wished I had some hair to spray. I've heard all these jokes my whole life. Bald is beautiful. The only people who say that are bald-headed people. And I just want you to know I've never seen a pretty bald-headed man. I've never seen a pretty man of any kind. I mean, even Elvis over here, he don't do nothing for me either. I'm not gonna die on that battlefield. Whether you wear a white shirt or a blue shirt, just wear one and put a towel. I'm not gonna die on that battlefield. We don't let no stringed instruments in the church. I know that one ain't got no strings on it, but most pianos have 88 strings on them. I'm not gonna die on that battlefield. But I'll tell you one that I will die on this Bible being the inerrant, the inspired word of the living God, the virgin birth of my Savior, the blood atonement on Calvary, and the bodily resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, and a heaven to gain, and a hell to shun, and Jesus is coming again. Brother, we'll scrap over that, and it's time that we quit playing church and hanging on the fringes and dive in for God. Erase the boundaries, erase the borders, step over the line and say, tonight I'm giving all to Jesus Christ. Tonight I'm going to make a commitment and if I perish, I perish. Thank God for those that went before us that meant business when it came to serving God. And she's going to offer a prayer. She's going to make a commitment. But boy, I love this one. She is going to feel a divine appointment. Mordecai looks at her and said, Esther, I know you worried about it a little bit, but just remember this. If that king goes through his plan, you, 
your sisters, your family, your father's house, what's left of your seed. And all the Jews are going to die. And he says, you know, you've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. I was preaching at a tent meeting several years ago and I got happy one night. And this little lady come up to me and I like it when the little old ladies come up and kiss me on the jaw. Of course, down in Alabama, you'll get a little snuff on the side of your face, but <laughs> you just wipe it off and go on in Jesus' name. There's a lady in one night in a meeting in Alabama. I knew she was on the level because it was running out both corners at the same time. You'll get that after a while. And she come up to me. She said, oh, Brother Joe, you preach like my granddaddy used to preach. And I, I said to the pastor, I said, man, it seems like I should have come on the scene 40 years ago. I think I'd have been more in style 40 years ago. And that old man of God said, well, you know, evidently you don't believe that God knows what he's doing. I said, I didn't say that. He said, yes, you did. He said, if you really believe that God knows what he was doing, if he'd have wanted you on the scene 40 years ago, you'd have been on the scene 40 years ago. God had a man 40 years ago. God needs a man tonight. I love to hear the stories of the Gordon Prices and the Charles Wrights and the Rudolph Evanses. They served God in their generation. And I'm glad I got in on that. But can I tell you, God still got him a preacher in the double R tonight. God still got him a man in Roanoke Rapids tonight. Son, you're not here by accident. I know you was born up yonder and you was educated out there, but God then brought you over here. It ain't a series of events. It's God working behind the scene for such a time as this. Hear me now, hear me now. If Halifax County is ever needed a Bible preaching soul men and God-loving church, it's this hour, it's this night, it's this time. Hallelujah. Let's step up to the plate and fulfill a divine appointment. We've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. Woo! And so she says, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna step up to the plate. When I found out what I'm about to give you, I like to rip the back end of my choir robe out. This tore me up. If you don't think God knows what he's doing, not only does he have this woman right in the very spot, right at the very time, but even her very name is divinely appointed. You know what the word Esther means? It means a bright light and a shining star. Israel is at... <laughs> One of the darkest days of their life. I mean, it's already written in the law. A certain day, a certain time, we all going to die. It can't get much darker than that. 
but right in the darkest hour of their light, Lord have mercy, here comes a bright light and a shining star. You know what I want to say to Esther? Twinkle, twinkle, little star. God's brought you out on the stage of time in a dark time to shine. I want to tell the saints at Victory Baptist Church in the double R tonight, shine, baby, shine. Shine, baby, shine. Bloom where you planted. Brighten the corner where you are. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You've been brought to the kingdom to shed your light. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. Shine, baby, shine. And I ain't talking about moonshine. Okay, so there's anybody here from frog level. I need to under you to understand we're not talking about moonshine. Pastor, do you know what stars do? They beautify the night. You know what stars do? They shine in the absence of the sun. You know what stars do? They announce it's dark now, but the sun's coming up. Whoop! In the morning. Lord have mercy. Back in those days before Al Gore invented the internet, before radar, before computers, them old time sailors would chart their course according to the stars. Boy, didn't Daniel save those at point. Many women and boys and girls to righteousness, they shall shine as the stars. You know what we are? We're stars in a dark night. We shine in the absence of the sun. We point men from one shore to the other shore. And we're saying to this whole world, it may be dark right now, but the sun's coming up in the morning. It's your day. It's your destiny. It's your divine appointment. God lets you live for this hour. God lets you be born for this hour. God lets you be here tonight for this hour. Step up to the plate and shine, baby, shine. If God be for us, who can be against us? Let's fulfill our divine appointment. And so here she goes. They're fasting and praying. She's made a commitment and she waves to the king and he invites her into his presence Pastor, I see Esther as the hot talk tears run down her face. And she said, King, that law in the book that you signed, that you're going to have the Jews annihilated on a certain day at a certain time. She said, Please don't do that. Boy, that king looks at her with a puzzled face. He said, Well, why not? And she reveals it to him. King, I know you don't know this, but I'm a Jew. I'm your queen. I'm your lover. I'm your bride. I'm your sweetheart. And the day you kill all them, jab all them Jews killed, you're going to kill me because I'm one of them. Boy, I see that perplexing look upon that king. Boy, you talking about being between a rock and a hard place. Listen, you know what that king tells Esther? I can't do anything. 
I've signed it into law. And listen to this. A king could not even break his own law. Oh, but for such a time as this, Esther leans up only like a woman can do and puts a little bug in his ear. And boy, she knew something about theology. She had to. She said, I know you can't break the law that you've signed, but sir, you can write a new law. Somebody hold my baby while I run right there. I know the old law says death, but you can write a new law that says, I'm going somewhere, that says live. And so the king wrote a new law that the old law, God have mercy, and the king wrote a new law that on a certain day at a certain time at a certain place, you don't have to die, you can live. Esther says, man, let's hurry and get the word out. And here's where the first union, Wells Fargo, postmaster came in. He got him some boys and they got him some young mules and they got the new law signed by the king and they got on them horses. They got on their Pony Express and they rode to the kingdom and when I read this, now, if you're not from Ronald Rapids, you will not understand this expression. When I got a hold of this, I had a conniption fit. <laughs> oh, I had a conniption fit. You know what those messengers did, Brother Askew? They rode throughout the country, and they would go to a wooden post called the post board, and they would take that new law and they would put it against that post board. And they would take a hammer, whoo, and a nail. And they would nail the new law to the post. They would nail the new law to the post. The one that says you don't have to die. They'd nail it to the post. The one that says you can live. They nailed it to the post. Oh, Lord, the one that had some good news, they nailed it to the post. Well, praise the Lord. And as they nailed the new law to the post, it read like this. On a certain day, at a certain time, the Jews don't have to die. They live. They live. They live. And you know what happened? That old ungodly man that concocted that ungodly plan, he was the first to be hung on his own hanging rope. You say, what has that got to do with us? I'm glad you ask. There is a law and it's been signed in sovereign ink. The soul that sinned shall surely die. The wages of sin is death. If you die in your sins, where I am, you cannot come. And God could not contradict nor break that law. But 2,000 years ago, on a hill far away, 
way stood an old rugged cross. God wrote a new law. He wrote a new testament. He wrote a new covenant that says whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It was nailed to a tree on a hill called Lord somebody help me right there and aren't you glad the new law says he saves he saves he saves the new law says there's hope for a dying world the new law says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life I want if there's anybody in this tent tonight you're glad one day that the king wrote a new law called the covenant of God's divine grace. Well, glory. I feel better all over than I do anywhere else. If I wasn't so fat, I'd run. But you'd have to come get me. I wonder... I've enjoyed all the times I've been here, but right now I believe this is the best fun I've ever had. I don't know if it's this tent or that fellow's loud pipes. I don't know what it is, but I'm having me a time. Can you imagine an old, can you imagine an old Jew boy, his wife and children walking down the road? They know they don't have long to live. <laughs> Because the king has got the word out, you know, on a certain day, at a certain time, gone. And all of a sudden, they're walking down the road, daddy and mom and a few children. And dad looks up on that post, nailed to a wooden beam, is a new law. You don't have to die today, daddy. Your family don't have to be annihilated. You can live you can live. I read the last part of the book of Esther. And pastor, I thought I was in the last part of the book of the Revelation. He said, Brother Joe, you've lost your mind. Will you come to hear me? I know that was mean, but I couldn't help it. I literally thought I was reading the end of Revelation. Because you know how revelation ends? With the shouts and the celebration of the praises of God that we have been bought by the precious blood of the Lamb. And when you read the last part of the book of Esther, they're singing, dancing in the street, celebrating, laughing, shouting the victory because instead of the cries of death ringing through Shushan the palace, there's laughter, there's celebration, there is singing because the king wrote a new law because somebody fulfilled a divine appointment and stepped up to the plate for such a time as this. Aren't you glad one day we're going to get to heaven and all the saints of God will rejoice in God's salvation because somebody made a commitment and they made a difference and they fulfilled a divine appointment in your life and in mine. 
I wonder tonight what little family down that road and what little family down that road and what little family down that road and what little family across the waters will be in heaven someday because the king wrote a new law and you were divinely committed to make sure they knew about it. We've been here for three nights and we ain't voted on nothing and you gotta vote on something to have a Baptist meeting. So let's vote on this. Anybody here tonight glad that one day you heard the king wrote a new law and you didn't have to go to hell and you heard one day God saved old sinners. Raise your right hand. In fact, that felt so good. Raise your left hand. In fact, that feels so good. Raise both of them. Now raise both feet. Oh, because somebody made the difference. You can make the difference. You can make the difference. You can make the difference. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.